HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. With Shift Work, a podcast made in collaboration with RWCF and HRN, we're shifting the conversation about how the restaurant food you love makes its way to the table. Listen to and follow Shift Work on your favorite podcast app. Hello, hello, Heritage Radio Network listeners tuning in from 165 countries around the world, about a million listens a month. And you know, I hope every single one of them is listening to Tech Bites, the weekly show where we look at the intersection of food and technology. And today that intersection is on the blockchain. We are talking about NFTs and cryptocurrencies and Ethereum. What is all that? Well, if you are a faithful listener, a few episodes back, we did episode 253 was about the dumpling mafia NFTs. And that was our beginning of a series that we're doing on cryptocurrency and NFTs. I'm really captivated by the subject um, because it's fun, it's new technology, it's food, it's collectibles, and it is um, has a tremendous velocity right now, not just in the food world, but in the world at large. We're actually um, in an interesting moment right now for NFTs with some anonymous creators being unmasked for um, their, their true identities in the NFT world. NFT stands for non-fungible tokens. And it's an interesting kind of thing. Um, if you don't know what that is, but you've heard it, this is the show for you. We're going to talk with Grant Friedman, who is the director of the private client desk at CoinCloud. CoinCloud is a very interesting digital currency machine. And it's kind of like a reverse engineered ATM machine. You go to the machine, you put dollars in, and it converts it into digital currency to your account, um, which is fascinating. Um, we don't have them in New York City, but they are around the country. So take a look out for those. He is going to walk us through how to set up a crypto digital currency account, create a hot wallet purchase some Ethereum, which is the digital currency you need to buy a Dumpling Mafia NFT, non-fungible token. Dumpling Mafia is a group of actual people in Los Angeles, California, a chef, a publicist, a writer, and an artist. And they came together to create these really adorable Dumpling uh, Mafia NFTs after they had a Dumpling Crawl in Los Angeles, where they were going out, they were eating dumplings, they were eating food, they were posting pictures on Instagram. 
and people wanted to know how they could join the dumpling mafia. So they decided to do an NFT with Grant and CoinCloud because they thought it was a fun thing to do. It would create some community. And in this day and age when restaurants are really looking for alternate sources of passive revenue, NFT is a pretty smart idea. So we did the first episode with the creators of the Dumpling Mafia and the NFTs. Now this next episode is how to get one. If you love this idea, coming down the coming down the road is going to be an episode on making an NFT. And a little bit further along, we'll do an episode on the environment and digital currency, because that's a whole other issue. Whew. Okay, now we're going to jump in. Grant, I want to welcome you back to the show. Thank you for um, thank you for walking us through this. I, it's probably a little tedious for you, but so helpful and informative to the rest of us. <laughs> thank you, Jen. Thank you for having me again. And uh, I think you did a really good job of of introing that and explaining it. And uh, there are certainly different roadmaps to onboarding yourself to the digital economy. Um, you know. But, uh, you know, we did it this morning the old school way uh, where <laughs> I sent you uh, digital currencies straight from peer to peer. Um, and, you know, you can use our machines and walk up and buy digital currency with cash or you can, uh, you know, go the new school route of uh, onboarding yourself to uh, one of these uh, online exchanges and waiting a few days for it to sort of connect to your bank account and process and uh but everyone is trying to find a way to convert their dollars into digital dollars these days, and uh, you know, definitely we're uh, we're on a we're on the right path. So this is going to be a fun episode, um, and we'll dig into a little bit more of what Grant's talking about. Um, but before we get started with step one, which is buy some digital currency, I also want to introduce the engineer of this show and um, the head of production at Heritage Radio Network, Matt Patterson, who has been working on this show for a long, long time, back in real life and now remotely. Um, he is always listening in on the recording, but today he will be chiming in if he has questions, because I'm really hoping that this show will be informative and help people um, learn enough to be able to take the leap into the digital currency world and maybe buy some NFTs themselves. So he's going to be our audience of one. Um, <laughs> and Matt, so um, you can feel free to chime in as we go through the process with any questions you might have if something's not quite clear. Yeah, will do. I, uh, I don't know much about this world, so I should have some good uh, <laughs> beginner questions. <laughs> Well, if you don't have a hot wallet, we're all beginners, right? And that's not a hot pocket. That's a hot wallet. So let's start yeah, there. I have neither, although I would take the hot pocket, honestly, I'm longer. <laughs> I don't think they would let you keep working at Heritage Radio if you wanted a hot pocket. Hot pockets. <laughs> okay. So um, Grant and I have had a, several conversations and emails since episode 253 um, to figure out how to start to do this. And so I actually started at the very beginning. Um, the first thing I needed to do was to open an account with a digital exchange to be able to buy some Ethereum. Grant, explain to everyone why that's necessary. Do a quick recap of, of where the Ethereum lives and why you need an account to get it. Sure. I mean, it, it, there these are 
these market makers or exchanges are the largest holders of digital assets in the world. I know people are supposed to end up possessing all of these digital assets like Bitcoin and Ethereum. But right now, you know, the bulk of it is held by, you know, you talk about decentralized currency. It's pretty centralized in that Coinbase and FTX and Binance, you know, the largest exchanges in the world are you know, trying to possess as much as they can so that they can, you know, it's like the gold rush, you know, the, 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 the gold, you know, the people buying and selling, you know, have their hands in the pot, you know, they, they're possessing the most um, of these assets. So the way to get them is just like going to a bank and you know, onboarding yourself. The onboarding process is a lot quicker as you, as you, you know, notice this week, Jen, it's just, you know, fill out a little bit of know your customer, which they call KYC information. And uh, you're in, you have an account or an exchange account. It's kind of like an E-Trade account if you were trading stocks. And, uh, you know, you connect it to your bank um, or, you know, PayPal or a debit card and you make a small deposit and then it goes on to the exchange and you can sort of pick your digital assets or, you know, pick your stocks, pick your, and then, you know, you see the market moving and a lot of people like to buy low or what they think is the, you know, kind of the local short-term low and, you know, find a good spot to enter and uh, buy their, you know, 300, 500 or, you know, more dollars of uh, Ethereum or Bitcoin or any other digital asset that's been vetted by these exchanges. So just to take a really 30,000 foot view, the blockchain is the internet space. It's the internet spreadsheet, the universal ledger where all of the digital currencies are created and live. And then we have these exchanges, which are sort of like combination marketplace banks, where you go and you put money in and you can buy the currencies that they have. So when you say that these exchanges want to have the most currency, you mean that in a kind of banking sort of way, right? If a bank has a lot of deposits, or has a lot of account holders with a lot of money, they have a lot of money in-house. Exactly, exactly. So if there's 21 million Bitcoin in existence and Coinbase has 4 million Bitcoin, you know, they're cornering the market um, in terms of you know, people, if people want to possess that asset, you know, they have the most of it. So people are going to go to that, that marketplace to buy it. And when you said, you know, there are a lot of the digital assets are their own blockchains. So we talk about Bitcoin as being a single, the oldest single blockchain. And then we talk about Ethereum, which is the most, you know, sort of most popular transactional blockchain. And then Coinbase or FTX will sell uh, many of the other blockchains. So if you're familiar with, you know, Solana or Avalanche or Phantom, you know, all of these are separate blockchains and, uh, you know, becoming more and more popular by the day. Um, so if you want to buy some phantom token, um, you know, some of the other tokens, some, some of the marketplaces or exchanges only have a certain amount of each, a certain amount of liquidity in each. So if I want a, a kind of a thinly traded token and it's not offered on Coinbase, maybe it's only offered on, you know, FTX or, or Binance, then I would onboard myself to the exchange based on 
what digital asset I wanted to buy. Um, so that's an interesting topic as well. And then a lot of the digital assets, uh, there's a vetting process for being listed on these exchanges. And if they haven't passed, you know, the regulatory vetting process, you know, these exchanges aren't going to list that token. So once it's funny, once the tokens go on these exchanges, a lot of times they get a huge price bump because there's so many more eyes. There's so many more dollars, you know, all, all of a sudden being in, in included in that. They've been validated as like real and not fraud or fake or shady. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> well, you know, that leads me to sort of the first question. You recommended Coinbase to me and that's what I did. So I opened a Coinbase account and I bought some Ethereum. It was very simple. It was, it was as easy as any transaction, making a reservation, buying a plane ticket, you know, iTunes, downloading, you know, movies, all those things. Very, very easy, uh, very user-friendly to get started. And when it comes to technology, you know, we're so aware of the opportunity to get scammed or to have things stolen or hijacked from you, your phone, your accounts, your personality. How do people make decisions? What's the best way for people to make decisions or evaluate what a good exchange is to start with. Um, how do I know? I mean, you're an expert, you're a professional in the field, you deal with you know this every day in, in large quantities of money. So I can you're 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 my personal banker now, my personal crypto banker. Um, but how do people make those decisions? How do they know when something is um, real and trustworthy when it comes to these digital currencies and digital wallets and, and digital spaces, even though you know, I'm looking at, uh, you know, flashing like a, a slideshow of really cute little dumpling images and, you know, everything is Ethereum and different names. And it seems almost like a video game. There's real money behind it. So how, how do I keep myself safe? How do I make a good choice of a good exchange, something that's trustworthy? Yeah, I mean, it's exactly like the legacy banking system or, you know, when you buy a uh, a new phone or a new TV, you know, we say, you know, the, the players that are first to market, a lot of times they have the, the most partnerships in the, in the industry, or they've done it longer. So they're more trustworthy. The truth is we, we never can really answer those questions fully, but it is, if we do our research and we really talk to people who know the space and we put a, we put some time into studying, you know, who's behind these NFTs and who's behind these exchanges and, and products and companies, then maybe we can do a better job of, of picking and choosing which one to go with. Um, I spend my day-to-day -day sort of uh, analyzing these types of risks and uh, guiding people in the right place. But um, yeah, that's, it's a really good question. But I, I do want to start by saying, you know, just use common sense, you know, don't click on phishing links or links that, you know, look at what website you're going to, make sure it's spelled correctly because they're, yes, this industry um, is new. And when you have something new, people are going to try and take advantage of, you know, of others. Uh, so um, I like to, you know, talk to people who know the space and, and continue to continue my education and, and encourage people to, continue theirs, um, as they, you know, as they get into it. But, uh, when I choose what dollars to deposit at, 
you know, Wells Fargo versus Chase. I, I, I'm not sure what they're what they're doing. You know, with my necessarily with my dollars on the other end. Um, but uh, I'd like to know. Um, I'd like to know the teams and and the people behind uh, the projects that I'm investing my personal dollars in, or or my or you know, suggesting to my clients rather. So use common sense and treat this type of banking the same way you would treat your in-person real-life banking for your checking account and all those types of things. You recommended Coinbase, which is the one that I use. They're publicly traded, so we know that they are a um, business that has a certain value and has passed muster in many of the financial arenas. You also, you recommended a couple others. What would be, so Coinbase and, and you also recommended FTX.us and Binance.us. So those are, are those the top three spots to go? They're the top three in terms of, uh, yeah, the amount of users they have today. And, you know, because they're such big marketplaces, I will say, you know, they're so highly regulated and they, they have all the, you know, the fintech, you know, SEC uh, they're almost more regulated than the than the legacy banking system at this point. A lot of people have questions, um, but I'll follow up by saying, you know, I when I when we went over the deposit process, I, I got your we got your dollars onto Coinbase quickly. But I also told you that, you know, to not leave your dollars in the exchange um, for too long because you hear about, you know, the crypto.com being hacked and a certain amount of money being stolen out of people's accounts and, and whatnot. You know, we're talking with online hot wallets where, you know, if your account gets hacked, if somebody gets in, there is no FDIC insurance. So I said to you, I said, Jen, maybe it'd be a good idea to take some of that money off of the exchange account and put it into a personal wallet, a personal, you know, digital currency wallet. And that is much more safe. You know, you you can take it offline and uh, or keep it, you know, online when you want it to be online, as opposed to, you know, just living in the living in the company space, for example. So yeah. that's exactly what we did. I started with a Coinbase exchange account. I bought some Ethereum. So when you say hot wallet, that means that's my account, that's my wallet, and hot means it's sort of live. I can move things, I can trade, I can buy, and it's also being impacted by the current rates of the market. So the value of that Ethereum that I have in that Coinbase account, just like a stock, goes up and down. Right. Because I converted the dollars into Ethereum. So the next step after opening the Coinbase exchange account was going to MetaMask to open another wallet. So I opened an account with MetaMask, and this is sort of my personal storage transaction wallet now, correct? Right. Yes. You only have, you're the only person that has access to it. It's still hot. It's still a hot wallet in that it lives, you know, in your browser. Um, and it, but, but, it only connects to sites when you want it to connect to sites. So when we when we buy the NFT today, you know, you'll connect to the Dumpling Mafia NFT site and you'll agree, you know, you'll give access for, for your wallet to interact with the site. And, you know, that makes it as hot as hot can be when you're connected to that site. Um, you know, you basically you're it's like it's like when you're in privacy settings and you click, you know, allow my data to be, 
you know, attract for this two minute period of time or something like that. Um, but, uh, you know, after that, after the NFT goes back in your wallet or you just, you disconnect, you close the browser, um, you disconnect your MetaMask wallet, you know, it does, it, it takes it down a, a level as opposed to leaving it in the, uh, Coinbase exchange. And then we, we can talk, you know, cold wallets, which is, you know, you're still, you're still seeing the market go up or down. You're still possessing Ethereum, which is a volatile asset, but you're possessing it offline. And uh, as far as somebody getting access to it, it's uh, it's very so difficult. So the cold, the cold wallet is like keeping it in the coffee can in the freezer. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like keeping, or under you know, the whole, bed, keeping it, it keeping it. keeping my money under the mattress. It's total under the mattress, and and, you, and they look they look like devices that would be easily you know lost or, or displaced under the mattress. You know, they're kind of USB keys, or you know, I have one that looks like a, a kind of an American Express black card with a QR code attached to it. It's really cool looking. And, you know, I'm sure they make it like to look like that. So, you know, people say, oh, this is, you know, this is like the Ferrari key Mm. uh, of digital wallets or something like that. But um, uh, yeah, exactly. So I opened up the MetaMask account and this is another common sense thing. And this is another thing that we read about in the news. There's a password to the account, which is just like your basic set up a password, you know your dog's name, your your sister's birthday, and you know, your favorite ice cream flavor, whatever people you know use to string together things for passwords. But they give you a master key phrase of several words in a very specific order, and they tell you in big flashing letters multiple times over and over and over again, never, ever, ever lose this master key recovery phrase because once they give it to you, no one has it. You can't go to customer service. You can't reset it. You can't reset your master key phrase by sending yourself an email and verifying it with a code from your text to your phone. It doesn't work that way. You would just lose it. And so there are so many stories in the media today about people who set up accounts, bought some crypto, and then forgot the password. But the way it's structured to be very secure and the way it's you know, decentralized and somewhat anonymous, there's no one to help you. So famously, and something that we talked about in the last episode, Grant, the estimates are that about 20% of the Bitcoin in the world is lost forever because of forgotten passwords. That's that's my personal estimate <laughs> on uh, on how much how, how much of the global supply of Bitcoin is is not accessible. But you know, we're talking about old, some some are some are lost you know, seed phrases, um, or, you know, private keys. Some are old technology, people throwing out their old computers and hard drives. You know, there's a famous story about the guy who has been trying to get permission to go search a landfill in the UK because famously he has $800 million worth of Bitcoin on a hard drive that, you know, is is sitting in a landfill uh, somewhere. Um, but the truth is, if you have your seed phrase or your private keys, uh, as you said, you can clone the wallet elsewhere. So you can clone your if, – if you lose access to your MetaMask wallet, you can go back to Coinbase and start a new, a new fresh wallet, type in your seed phrase. So the wallet providers doesn't – they don't make a difference. The, all wallet providers are connected to the same open source blockchain 
technology and you can uh, upload clone your seed phrase uh, you know in other wallets so you don't you you know you obviously want to be you use common sense again you don't want to share your seed phrase with anyone that you don't love very dearly (laughs) (laughs) yeah so remember your password people is what it comes down to um, cause you never know what's going to happen. These are new things. They're very volatile. People buy them because they're fun. Example, the person who's got, you know, the hard drive in the landfill, he bought it over a decade ago when Bitcoin first came out and just thought it was like a fun, cool thing. And it didn't cost very much money. And, and now, you know, now look where he's at. So remember your password, remember your key phrases, very important, not just for NFTs, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, but for life the life we live today. So we have Ethereum in purchased on the Coinbase exchange transferred to the MetaMask wallet. Now we are ready to buy a Dumpling Mafia NFT. That's right. That's right. Okay. It's, very, so it's very exciting. We, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to buy the Dumpling Mafia NFT live on the air. You might hear some clicking and clacking with the computer. It's very exciting. But before we get there, let's find out who is the person who is fueling this show. Did you know Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit? We keep the lights on and the mics hot out of the generosity of our members, most of whom are listeners like you, grants, and underwriters like this one. Stay with us. Hi, I'm Kiki Luya, the Executive Director of Restaurant Workers Community Foundation, and I'm the host of a new podcast called Shift Work. In the last six months, some 6,500 restaurants have closed their doors, and there's never been a time when restaurants and their 12 million workers have been more vulnerable. It's time to transform hospitality. With Shift Work, a podcast made in collaboration with RWCF and HRN, We're shifting the conversation about how the restaurant food you love makes its way to the table. What does it really take to make that experience happen? And who are the countless workers responsible? We're talking porters, cleaning crew, prep cooks, servers, baristas, hosts, bartenders, barbacks, managers, sommeliers, and chefs. I'll also introduce you to organizations that are leading industry transformation. We'll discuss mental health, fair pay, racial justice, and how hospitality can change for the better. We need it. Listen to and follow Shift Work on your favorite podcast app. You are listening to Tech Bites on the Heritage Radio Network, the weekly show where we look at the intersection of food and technology. And today that intersection is on the blockchain. We are talking about NFTs, food NFTs, and cryptocurrency. It's a hot topic. I got a hot wallet. It's very exciting. We first started talking about NFTs earlier this year, one of the first episodes of the year, number 253. It's a great story about the actual real-life dumpling mafia, which was a group of friends, is a group of friends who go around Los Angeles eating Chinese food and dumplings, and their Instagram followers had a lot of FOMO and wanted to know how they could be a part of the Dumpling Mafia. And so they created the Dumpling Mafia NFT just in time for the Chinese New Year. And also a great idea for restaurants who are looking for passive income in this very challenging, I'm not going to say post-COVID, but, you know, new pandemic life that we have right now, which is why you will be seeing more and more 
food culinary chef-driven NFTs. NFTs are non-fungible tokens. What does that mean? Well, we have an expert on the show helping us navigate opening up cryptocurrency accounts, purchasing cryptocurrency, and now on our way to purchase a Dumpling Mafia NFT. We're with Grant Friedman, who is the director of the private client desk at CoinCloud, which is a very fun, um, it's essentially a cryptocurrency ATM that works in reverse. You put dollars in and you get cryptocurrency out. So Grant, explain to us very briefly what the NFT is. It's a non-fungible token. It lives on the blockchain, a blockchain somewhere. And what does it really mean? Yeah. So a uh, non-fungible token is basically anything um, that can be digitized or tokenized right now is. So um, the most obvious example is with digital art or collectibles. Um, you know, we're talking digital you know, pieces of art, basically pictures, any, any picture that, you know, can be uploaded online. If you want to put it on the blockchain and have it on this endless ledger where you can track the provenance, you know, where it's, who it's been sold to, what wallet possesses it. Um, it's a really cool way, you know, it's kind of a, a futuristic way of money. It's like if we spend our dollars and there was a little tracking number above it, it said, you know, oh, that dollar went to Macy's or that dollar went to, you know, the restaurants you go to. And it's, 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 a, it's a, you know, it's a more specific way of using our dollars. And, you know, the NFT space is really broad right now. Um, you know, NFTs are being used as your entryway into certain social clubs. Um, but it's basically something you possess, a token that you possess on your digital wallet, you know, same as when we bought, you know, currency in the first half of this, digital currency in the first half of this episode, uh, your NFT will go in your digital wallet as well. And maybe it'll get you access to our uh, Lunar New Year event where you get dumplings sent to you uh, by Gold Belly. And it's just a, a fun community, a fun way of um, kind of like the chat rooms, uh, early internet chat rooms when you were, you know, you, know you, you went in a chat room and that chat room was, you know, or something you like to talk about. So anyway, um, I think your people are buying NFTs because it's, it's art, you know, digital art they like to collect or, you know, they, their favorite athlete is doing it or musician is doing an NFT and there's only a certain amount um, that are made of each of these. So you're owning the original and you can say to your friends, you know, I own a, an original, you know, Wynton Marsalis NFT and it, and it has some unique music or, or th something like that. But the Dumpling Mafia NFT was created, um, you know, basically, you know, out of the pandemic and, and to include all of Shirley Chung's fans. And, and uh, I thought it was a great way to intertwine my job at CoinCloud, which is you know, selling the, the top digital assets, uh, the, the NFTs were the hot commodity and we needed to, to go into this space. Well, they're still very hot. They're definitely on the rise. I, I will just make a quick recap, although, and then I hear Matt has a question. Yeah. So my, my quick recap is, again, the blockchain is like a giant spreadsheet or a ledger that lives on the internet. It's its own 
digital space. And when you put an NFT onto the blockchain, then it can be for sale. And then when I buy it, it'll say, Jennifer Techbytes bought the NFT. And it'll sit there. And if I want to sell it back to Grant, it'll say Grant bought the NFT. And it will continue on and on and on and on. There's a very interesting thing happening right now in the fashion world where someone made a digital piece of art with an Hermes Birkin bag, which are famously, famously collectible and extremely expensive in real life. And they made it as an NFT and they're selling it. But it doesn't have anything to do with Hermes. And Hermes is a little upset about it because they're absolutely making money off the Hermes brand. But the thing about the blockchain that makes it so enticing and intriguing to people and transparent is that the blockchain can never be changed. You can erase it, redo it, delete it, change the order. So now that this Hermes Birkenbag NFT is online, there's nothing Hermes can do about it. And there's also nothing the creators can do about it either. So it's very fascinating. And as, as Grant said, it's almost like you can follow the, the path of where money was. It's like if you had a dollar bill and it had listed every single person in every single store and every single place that it was since it came out of the U.S. Mint and you could never erase that and it was always a part of that dollar, that's kind of what we're talking about, which makes it fascinating as well. Uh, yeah, I had, I mean, I have a very basic question, which is just, you know, you mentioned there are multiple coins available, right? There's Bitcoin, there's Ethereum, et cetera. And then you've got a variety of NFTs. Is it generally the case that you can only acquire a specific NFT with one type of coin? Like you have to, you have to go That's out and find Ethereum. That's an excellent question. That's an yeah. excellent question, Matt. And it's an excellent question because it goes to something that Grant said very quickly earlier in the show, but I'll let Grant explain. But each, each, um, each cryptocurrency is on its own blockchain, correct? Right. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So you, you know, our dumpling mafia NFT was minted, was essentially uploaded onto the Ethereum blockchain, and most NFTs today um, are you are are uploaded onto the Ethereum blockchain. So generally, you would use Ethereum or Ether to buy Ethereum blockchain NFTs. That being said, I can I can make a deal to buy an Ethereum NFT with another digital asset if I wanted to, um, or people are uploading digital assets on Sol the Solana blockchain because um, gas prices, as we'll, we'll see today when Jen buys her NFT, is that Ethereum is moving out of mining, out of a proof of work concept. So many people are using the network that the transfer fees, the gas prices, um, each transaction has to be confirmed on the blockchain. And in order to do this, it's really expensive because the congestion of the network rises the the prices, the the transfer it's fees. Surge pricing. It's yeah, essentially, essentially surge pricing. totally surge is, pricing. Is what it is. It's like imagine if you got charged for your internet use or your five G use based on the number of people using the internet at that point in time. Same thing with like Uber and the car services. You know, taking an airplane. It's going to cost you more if more people want to go. 
and that's the gas price. Exactly. The, the congestion on the Ethereum highway, there's a lot of traffic on the Ethereum highway right now. So some people you choose to uh, mint NFTs on other blockchains where fees are much cheaper and uh, there's definitely some competition in the space. Um, OpenSea, which is the largest marketplace of NFTs, has, has just added the Solana wallet um, to their, you know, basically made it compatible for Solana NFTs um, to be bought and sold. I was going to say, so the answer to your question, Matt, is you're correct. <laughs> yes, yeah, but, you, yeah. but, it, but it helps to have that specific digital asset to buy NFTs on that specific uh, blockchain. All right. So let's let's buy some let's buy some dumpling NFTs. I am at dumplingmafianft.com and I see all the little dumplings just flashing through which are just adorable. The artwork was done by a Los Angeles artist named Narrator and he is a graffiti artist, outdoor artist, traditional artist who is in the neighborhood where Shirley's restaurant is and kind of organically came to know them and made it art and all of that. And they're really adorable. How, how many of them are there right now, Grant? There are you know, 4,444 uh, generative dumplings that we created. So basically we took narrator's art and we added different traits to them and then we coded them onto the blockchain. So that was how CoinCloud really came in to help out. Um, you know, a lot of artists... If they want to do just one piece and 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 put it on the blockchain, you know, mint it as an NFT, they can take any one of one piece that they did, uh, you know, put it online. Maybe it's a picture, maybe it's a you know digital um, drawing, or, or yeah, and they can upload it onto you know one of the marketplaces. They can mint it. What we did that was kind of fancy is we coded. We basically used six six original pieces of artwork, and then we added colors. We added. They have hats. There are patches. There's jewelry. There's sunglasses. There's colored backgrounds. There's party hats. There's diamonds. All kinds of things. And and what what's funny and and we gamify it, it really buying NFTs is is a game. Is when you you buy it on OpenSea, for example, Jen, you be able to see which NFT you're buying. But when you're minting it on our site, you can mint, you know, up to 20 of these and they're randomly assigned to you. So you may get a super rare one that has all the special traits um, or you may get one that's just kind of a simple uh, So they're dumpling. randomly assigned to me, so I don't get to pick. So it's <laughs> luck of the draw. Luck of the draw. It's a little bit like the lotto tickets. Exactly. Or so, something like that. Or the, um, you know, the surprise things like when you go to the carnival or like an arcade thing where you get the egg and then you open it up and then you get what you get kind of thing. And so that, will some of them be more valuable than others? Uh, it, you know, people assign value to everything. But <laughs> when you talk about when you talk about the really popular NFT digital art NFT collections today, the one, the you know, the board ape yacht clubs of the, or the crypto punks of the world, you know, the ones with yes, the ones with the rare traits are generally you know sell for more, um, you know, in the resale market. Okay, so let us let's get some of these. Let's see which ones I get. Let's see if I get a fancy one. Let's see if I get you know 
fancy, rare, exciting, which one I'm going to get out of the 4,400. So I have, I'm up on dumplingmafianft.com. I have my MetaMask wallet open. Um, I am connecting my MetaMask account. So I get a little pop-up window. It says connect with MetaMask, select account. I select my account. I click next. Yes? Yes. And then you'll, you'll be prompted on the site. to. There's a little number. It'll say, how many do you want to, how many dumplings would you like to mint? And, and I think it, it starts at one and you can, you know, click up to, I think, you know, 20 is the max that you can mint, but you'll, you'll stick on one. You'll say, you know, purchase. And then there should be another pop-up in your MetaMask wallet that, that shows, um, you know, how sort of what the, what it costs. Um, and it'll, it will, um, estimate high on the gas prices. So it won't be the actual cost uh, that you pay, but go ahead, Jen. So I clicked through and now I have one DM costs 0.008 Ethereum, excluding gas fees, excluding gas fees. And what does the gas say it costs right now, Jen? What is it estimating? Um, It's, let's see, it is not, it doesn't look like it's estimating the gas fee. It says click buy to mint your NFT one, and I can plus or minus, and it says buy. It says 70, it says 77 slash 4888 at the top. Okay. So what does that mean? It's estimating that even though our dumpling costs $30, that it may cost $70 uh, all in or $77 all in, uh, but it usually estimates high um, and then you know, uses less gas, um, just the way we coded the site. So go ahead and... and, So is it more economical for me to buy one at a time or is it the same gas fee? It's more economical for me to buy buy multiple. Yeah. If I buy buy three, it's the same gas fee as if I buy one. It's slightly more, uh, but it it is more economical to buy multiple at once. Okay. So I think we talked about I was going to buy three. Was that right? right? Yes. Well, actually, there's a perk to buying three uh, at this point of the year because a lot of NFTs have real life perks and and are, you know, we're doing a Lunar New Year uh, gold belly perk where if you own own three Dumpling Mafia NFTs and you email, you know, dumplingmafianft at gmail.com with your three that you own. You get a hundred and fifty dollar gold belly box sent to your house for free. Uh, to, Amazing! And a, and a, and a live Amazing. cooking class with uh, Shirley Chung. Yeah, Shirley Chung. You might know her from Top Chef. She's like the dumpling queen of the United States and and <laughs> digital digital realms afar. Um, okay, so this is the intersection of technology and food, where actually the technology. As always on this show, the digital technology leads me to a real life delicious food experience. So I'm going to buy three because I want those dumplings. Okay, great. So I'm going to click up to three. Um, one DM costs 0.008 Ethereum. We're at 77 slash 44.8. Okay, and I click buy, right? Click buy and let's see if another confirmation pops up, you know. Um, it says busy. New address detected. Click here to add to your address book. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Add nickname. Is that is that my new address or is it you? That would be your, I'm guessing that's your new address. Okay. Yes. Okay. So that's good. Um, I added it to my address book. Estimated gas fee. 
Oh, we have insufficient funds. Oh, no. So so the gas fee will estimate high. So let's maybe try to do one um, as opposed oh, to how three. How about two? Let's do two. Okay. <laughs> you know, we're, we are... Uh, we're right in the middle of the day here, so the NFT buying around the world, um, you know, could be uh, at, at an all-time high. Um, right. Uh, you know. So, but how do I go back to then? How do I go back then to reduce the number that I want to buy? Okay, on? let's clo close out the. Um, you'll close out the upper right hand. You'll sort of start again. I would say just refresh the. Oh, the refresh the Dumpling Mafia site yes. and start again. Okay. So that's interesting. So because it's um, it's almost two o'clock on the East Coast, it's the middle of the day. You know, you think that traffic. All right, so we're gonna we're going to try and buy two. I can I'll come back and buy the third by my the third one okay. by myself because I yeah want I'll say those I'll say this the Ethereum blockchain it, this summer will be moving towards. Um, what's called proof of stake as, a pro, as opposed to proof of work. And what that means is they're going to get rid of mining. Um, oh, it says I have insufficient funds still. Okay, let's try your, Let's try to just buy one. And uh, what I was just about to say is, is the gas fees will be a, a lot less come this summer when, they, when, when it, the Ethereum network gets okay. rid of the benefits. Now from I can mining. buy it. It's okay, going to be, okay, let's see. It's minting my Dumpling Mafia NFT. Very cool. Because it's busy. This is very exciting. Wow. The Dumpling Mafia is yours. Visit OpenSea.io to view it. Okay, great. Okay. So we're going to go to OpenSea. And for people following along at home, that's the word open, S-E-A dot I-O. Okay. Visit OpenSea to view it. Okay, so I'm on OpenSea. So where do I go now? Oh, do I look for Dumpling Mafia? You can look for Dumpling Mafia. You could also click the upper right hand, and it will. Um, you could say um, account, or and then profile. Let's see. Oh, I don't have an OpenSea account though. So you'll have to connect your. You, you have to give oh, it connect access. Wallet? Yep, connect your MetaMask wallet. Okay. MetaMask. There we go. Connecting. MetaMask has a very cute um, avatar that moves, which is a fox. Okay, connecting. And then, okay, so now I'm here. Do I close this out now that I'm connected? You're connected. So, you know, in OpenSea uh, at the top, you know, top right, there'll be a profile, um, little, you know, insignia avatar to click on, and you'll click on your profile. Let's see. Explore stats, resources, account, profile. Yep. Let's see. Unnamed. <gasps> there it is. Really? Dumpling Mafia number 78. Congrats, Jed. Very exciting. Your first NFT. Oh, my goodness. It's wearing a hat. It's got like a mauve and purple and red ombre background. It has pirate eye patch. It's like the little, um, is it like a little, is it a dumpling? It almost looks like a little dumpling pig. Cat? Yeah, we have some bows, we have dumplings, we have um, the noodles, you know, the dumpling soup. We have all different kinds that we've that we've uh, generated there. So the uh, dumpling mafia, um, the dumpling mafia, like little avatar logo that's holding the dumpling and the chopstick and has a bow in his hand that looks like it's a little pig or something with like whiskers. Is that is that a little pig that, or a cat? That's or a something? pig. That's that the pig dragon. Uh, yes, the pig dragon. Okay, so I have a pig dragon. Wearing a hat with an eye patch, holding 
about and one hand and then the other hand has chopsticks and a dumpling smiling. It sounds like you got a sounds like you got a, a real rare rare one, Jen. Yeah, yeah all sorts of traits in there that you just listed. So very uh, exciting. So yeah, so so the the purchase, you know, it, it went about as smoothly as we could have of wished there. Sure. I, I, think... I mean, if I had had more funds in it, or, or it was less, the gas prices were less expensive, then it would have gone faster. Correct. So what do I do with my Dumpling Mafia NFT now that I'm looking at it in my OpenSea account? I can sell it. I can transfer it. I can make a profile picture, and I can copy the link. That's absolutely right. And then, you know, if you want, for example, for for the holidays, I bought my parents a few dumplings and I bought them a digital um, frame and I uploaded them uh, onto the digital frame. And every minute, it, you know, they have it up in their house and every minute it changes dumplings uh, to the ones they own. So, hey, there's some real there's some real life um, use cases to owning uh, NFTs. As well. And I made it my profile picture on OpenSea. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so yeah, there they... it is. I'm unnamed, but I'm Dumpling Mafia number 78. And so now how do I get the little Dumpling Mafia? Um, oh, I can just pull it off the screen. I can just drag it off the screen and then there it is. That's, that's you know, and, and people will make a joke as, a, as if like, oh, I just, I right clicked your picture. Now I own it. But the truth is you own the one that's on the blockchain. You know, you own the tokenized version. It's in your wallet. So you own the real Mona Lisa of Dumpling Mafia 78. You don't own a lithograph or a copy. Um, you own the real thing. So the real thing is living in my. It is now living which in your account? seat. It's actually, I have now. I have now. I have lots of crypto accounts. Where does the actual NFT certificate of authenticity live? It lives in your seed phrase. Funny enough, so it lives in your seed. Uh, it lives in your private keys, um, which it, currently your private keys are in your MetaMask wallet. That's the MetaMask is the third party you know, provider for your seed phrase right now. So it's living there. Um, your MetaMask is now connected to OpenSea. Um, you know, so you can send, you know, it's it's basically your NFT is living sort of on OpenSea right now, but you can take it off of OpenSea, put it into your MetaMask account um, for, you know, more safekeeping. Uh, but basically, you know, it lives on your MetaMask, you know, seed, I should say. Okay. So there you have it, people. Um, Ethereum to Dumpling Mafia purchase on NFT purchase on Dumpling Mafia. Now it's OpenSea. Now I have it. I'm going to go back and buy two more so I can have three because I want the real life Dumpling Mafia NFT benefit of having dumplings delivered to me through Gold Belly, which is amazing. And, you know, certainly fashion and music have community, but nothing really has community like restaurants and chefs and people who come together around cooking delicious food and feeding each other and hospitality and those types of things. So it's not surprising to me that food and culinary and chef-driven NFTs are really starting to take off now. Um, We're still at the very beginning stages of it, but I definitely think it's a trend that we are going to see really explode probably later this year and into next year. Um, We already see some big companies um, jumping on the NFT bandwagon. What we are going to do next, I'm going to go buy two more. I'll have three Dumpling Mafia NFTs. And then 
Come back for the next episode where we are going to put some Tech Bytes flair onto a Dumpling Mafia NFT and sell it and see how that goes. The next episode will be how to make an NFT and sell it and maybe get rich without having to dig through a landfill in the UK. I hope this answered questions. Matt, did this answer questions? Do you have a better sense of it? Do you feel like you could maybe go and do it on your own with um, a, yeah, I mean, a, a, a potential phone a friend assist? Yeah, but yeah, it, it makes it definitely makes the process feel less. Um, I don't know, ambiguous or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Again, if you want to learn more about the Dumpling Mafia NFT, go to our original show, which is Tech Bytes episode 253. Um, there was also a recent episode on the metaverse and NFTs on Meet Plus 3. Matt, which episode was that that recently published on Heritage Radio Network.org? Uh, it was the first episode of our Future of Food series. Uh, so it's two episodes ago. I can't recall the precise title or name, but it would be, I mean, they're, they're labeled future of food in the title. So it's the first one of those. Fantastic. And there's some really interesting things around NFTs in the metaverse, um, which would be a great, great companion piece to these. I want to thank Grant Friedman from coin cloud for joining us today and and being my personal cryptocurrency banker um this past week and i'm looking forward to talking with him again on the next episode of making an nft and and selling it somewhere in the crypto world um grant thank you for your time i want to thank matt for being our audience of one and the engineer and making us all sound great and packaging this up and putting this out onto your favorite podcasting platform if you like this show Come back and see us again. If you love this show and you can't live without it and you think Heritage Radio Network and this story and these stories are important things that you need to hear and records that we need to keep to listen to later. You know, we've been on the air for more than a decade. We have a lot of stories and histories that we've recorded. We think it's important and maybe you do too. If you do, go to heritageradionetwork.org, click the beating heart and make a donation. Maybe donate what you spent on your last NFT purchase. I'm Jennifer Leutzi, and this is Tech Bytes. Tech Bytes is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter, just enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. <laughs>